at SFM Radio and at Stephen Grutus on Twitter. Good morning, 11 after 7. A protest this week by a group of doctors who are funded often by our provinces to train in other countries at the headquarters of the Health Professions Council of South Africa. The doctors say the Health Professions Council is not allowing them to register to practice as doctors here. Sometimes it's simply not holding exams to allow them to write the exams. It also says the council is not properly managing the situation to allow them to register. You know, of course, of the shortage of doctors we have, which is why provinces funded these people to train in other countries in the first place. You'll hear from the Health Professions Council in a moment. But first, Dr. Nomatemba Chabalala is a representative of the South African Foreign Trained Medical Doctors. Also, a person who's been trained is technically a doctor, but is unemployed because she cannot work as a doctor. Dr. Chabalala, good morning. Thank you for your time. Mr. Steve, good morning, South Africa. Um, it's such a pleasure to be on this platform. What do you believe the Health Professions Council is doing wrong here? What do you need them to do? You know, um, education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. A famous quote by Nelson Mandela. After six years and more of studying, yet our lives are stagnant because of poor communications from the HPCSA. One constantly has to call, email, etc. with no definite answer. Okay, to be registered at the moment, you have to write an exam that's set by the Health Professions Council, right? Yes, we have to write board exams. These board exams, they consist of a theory component and a practical component. And how often are you able to write them? I mean, they only do them, what, once a year or every six months or something like that? That's the problem. The main problem with the HPCSA is is communication. Because even right now, you can go on their website and you will find nothing with regards to the board examinations. So that is why we took an initiative to actually march to um, the HPCSA and demand for answers because this is just unacceptable because some of us were funded by the government and some were self-funded. Parents had to chip in a lot to fund for their, ed- for their children's education. So it's totally unacceptable because um, other health-related practitioners such as dentists, psychologists, psychologists, etc., are constantly complaining about the service at the HPCSA. That council, it has problems internally. I'm sure going to home affairs is much better than going to HPCSA. Sure. Okay. There are a couple of other things I just want to get get nailed down. So I made the point that we have a shortage of doctors. You're a South African. You're a mm-hmm. doctor. You want to you, you you trained in Russia. I understand. You want to work treating South Africans. Okay. So patients would benefit from your treatment. Um. I would imagine that everyone would accept the Health Professions Council has a duty to make sure that you're competent. And I accept that. I'm going to speak to them in a moment. So you don't mind writing board exams. The problem is that you're not given a chance to write them. Is that the problem? Yes, we don't mind um, writing board exams. The way that they are doing things, it's like those board exams are free, whereas they are not. Each applicant has to cough up about 14,000 rands. Imagine just to write them just to write those board exams in order to get um your certificate that gives you an in number then you you practice as an intern okay what do other SADC countries do if for example someone from botswana studies in south Mm -hmm. africa do they have to write exams to practice in botswana 
if someone is from Botswana and wants to practice in South Africa. No, no, no. But someone from Botswana has studied at mm-hmm. a South African institution and they now mm-hmm. want to practice in Botswana. Does their health mm-hmm. professions council force them to write exams as well or are they just able to practice? You know, for most other countries, they easily get absorbed because they check the the um, the name of the university and its accreditations for the from the ECFMG, and they easily get absorbed. Because I have one friend of mine which we studied from Russia, and he and she studied in Russia, and she was able to practice directly without writing um, board exams just because she's. Um, okay. that, so that's but, why we're fighting. Sorry, that's why we're fighting that. Why are we treated like foreigners? Because normally, the whole idea of board exams is to um, assess the quality, because mm-hmm. um, it's to assess the quality of different countries. Our qualifications are verified by the ECFMG, which the HPCSA uses as a benchmark. Our universities were accepted and verified by the HPCSA, so we do not understand what is happening. Okay, so that's a mechanism to make sure that the organization that you studied at is the same as our institutions, right? That's what it does. Yes? Dr. Nomatemba Chabalala, we've lost her there, but that is my understanding, that that is what that mechanism does. She's a representative from the South African Foreign Trained Medical Doctors, 17 minutes after 70 with SAFM. David Mamecha is the head of the Department of Core Operations at the Health Professions Council of South Africa. David, good morning to you. You heard Dr. Chabalala there. What's your response to what she said? Uh, Good morning, Stephen. Nice to talk to you uh, one more time, and uh, good morning to, to your listeners indeed. I've heard Dr. Shabalala, and uh, I, I, we are uh, quite empathetic uh, to the situation that they are, they are currently uh, f- facing. And I think she might be correct about one thing, that uh, maybe the HPCSA is not communicating enough uh, to explain what's going on. Now, just a quick response in terms of the issues that, uh, that she raised. Uh, f- firstly, the, the board exam. Uh, is not just the key uh, that determines, uh, you know, if you you will be allowed registration in South Africa or not. The process is actually much longer than that. Remember, Stephen, that I don't know the circumstances of Dr. Shabalala, but uh, most of these applicants uh, would have sought registration in South Africa first. I mean, uh, I mean, enrollment uh, to be trained in South Africa first. And uh, usually uh, they would have been denied enrollment because they didn't meet uh, the admission requirements of our medical schools here. And, and, and on that basis, then they would go and study abroad. Now, the, 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 the board uh, in, of, the West, of the HPCSA has got a responsibility that when they return, uh, we have to be assured that they've been trained sufficiently and therefore are skilled and competent enough to be able to take care of me and you uh, or the, the community at large. Okay, um, I, 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 accept, I accept all of that. Yes. Let me put the question in another way. When is the next time you will be holding exams for people to actually register? When the board exams, I realize there's a greater thing. When will you next be holding board exams? Yes, yeah, but, but, but it's important, sorry, uh, Stephen, that you, you must understand that the board exam is not the only thing. In fact, the main things are to do with proving that uh, the training that you have received uh, was adequate. And that's a lengthy process that the board has to go through 
before a determination can be made that you can sit for a board exam. But now to come to your question directly. Uh, we, of course, had an unfortunate situation where, you know, we rely on the service provider. And the service provider that we had, uh, their contract ended on the 31st of March. Uh, and usually it would be extended uh, until a replacement was found. And we started the process of getting a replacement in March of 2022, but the applicant was not meeting requirements. We had to get permission to bypass our supply chain management uh, policies so that we could appoint this service provider after having engaged them uh, to ensure that uh, they, they meet our, our requirements. Now, that process is about to conclude. I, I'm meeting with that service provider today at 9 o'clock, and my anticipation is that we will conclude and then enter into a formal contract, and the intention is to have the next board exams uh, before the end of, uh, of this year. So the last ones were written before the end of March last year, is that right? No, no, the last ones were written uh, beginning of, uh, of, of this year in 2023. 2023, all right, yeah, that's fine, with, all right. With a, with a service provider that now has accepted a contract. Okay. After that, will board exams be run? And, and for board exams, can anyone who passes the criteria to write the board exams write them, or is there a limit on the number of people who can write each time? Yes, it always depends on the, the capacity of the institution because, you know, like uh, these exams are not just I, like, you know, your, your I, 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 I understand that. We really need yes, to move yes, on, yes. David. So is there is a limit. What is the limit? It's not a fixed limit. It depends on the circumstances this time and the type of exam that they are writing. There's a theory exam you can accommodate so many. There is a practical exam which has got all kinds of setups. Then you can also uh, you okay. can then uh, accommodate a different number. The mechanism, I think, is called the ECFMG. I hope I've got that right. But basically, different medical schools recognize each other. There's an international mechanism for doing this. Uh, the point is that SADC countries don't require a separate, uh, other SADC countries don't require a separate board exam for, for, for people that have been taught here. For example, if our provinces are spending money on sending people from there to go to Russia, they must understand that the institution they're going to is worthy of the money. There's been big conversations around this with Cuban institutions, for example, is it really necessary for everyone who's qualified at an institution that is not South African to write the board exam? Surely yeah. some of them, there will be medical schools that are literally university recognized as the best in the world. Surely we can take someone who's qualified from there, they can come back home and start working. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 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 the HPCSA goes through a lengthy uh, uh, review mechanisms of these institutions. And in some instances, we find the training programs or curricula uh, to be equivalent with what we offer in, uh, in South Africa. And in that situation, then, uh, 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 an applicant would be registered uh, 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 without having to go through, through anything. But we must dispel this myth that uh, people who train in South Africa can just walk up in any country and be registered. That is not the case. All the countries have got requirements uh, to, co to convince themselves that those applicants that they are receiving from South Africa or any part of the world uh, have been properly trained and therefore will be able to carry their functions as medical doctors. And finally, just on the ECFMG, and I think there's a misunderstanding here, that the ECFMG just confirms that the qualification that you have presented and which you have said was received from that, this particular institution is correct. So that institution has issued a qualification. But the ECFMG does not go beyond
university, uh, it's an appropriate curriculum. They just confirmed that you indeed studied in that university. Okay. Our role as a regulatory authority is to now do that part and say, yes, that curriculum was appropriate and it will make you to be a competent practitioner once you are registered. David, let me make a general point and you can respond to it. Um, and it is a general point. It's not a point based on the law. It seems to me that we have millions of people who need medical care from doctors. Our proportion of population of patients to doctors, particularly in the public sector, is very low. We need more doctors. It also seems to me that we do not have enough medical schools. And I've never understood, for example, why the private sector hasn't been allowed to train doctors. But we need as many doctors as we can get. And it also seems to me that there's almost an intention to make becoming a doctor as difficult as possible. I mean, it's ludicrous that we have people with, you know, eight distinctions not being allowed to study medicine. And we should actually be trying to get our hands on as many doctors as we can and that the Health Professions Council has a role to play here. Yes, you need to regulate. Yes, like everybody else, I want myself and my family and everyone to be treated by properly qualified doctors and qualifications we can trust. I accept all of that. But it seems to me that you and perhaps other people in the sector may be being unnecessarily legalistic in your interpretation. That's my general point, David. Please respond. Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, we, we need a lot of, uh, of uh, doctors in South Africa, as it is the case uh, with other uh, skilled uh, professionals. Now, our, our area of, 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 of profession, it's, it's, it's very complex in the sense that, uh, Stephen, we are we are talking about lives here. So we can make assumptions that you say, I'm coming in, I studied in Russia, and therefore I am automatically competent enough uh, to, 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 to take care of mine and your life, uh, Stephen. Remember, this profession is about saving lives and not taking away lives. So it's for that reason that we have regulated bodies like the HPCSA, and in particular within the HPCSA, the Medical and Dental Professions Board. And their role is to, con to be convinced that these person who is trained in taking, when they are here, they are not going to take lives or create additional medical legal challenges that South Africa currently face, you know, with billions just because of malpractice. And remember, malpractice means there is something wrong, generally speaking, uh, about the training that you have received. So I, I know people are talking about gatekeeping, but it's, it's, it's not in that uh, simplistic sense of the word. This is about saying, I am assuring myself that you can do this. And that's why we have to make all of these assessments. That's why we have to review curricula and training programs. And it takes long, and I can understand why uh, people like Dr. Shabalala are frustrated but we, we are never just going to open the floodgates and say everybody can walk into South Africa and start practicing uh, I don't, medicine. I don't think that's what people are asking, but I, but I hear your point. Uh, David, very quickly, we'll, we're going to be following up on this. So exams by the end of the year. We can speak to Dr. Shabalala, and by the end of December, she'll have written her exams. Yeah, the only thing is uh, because we, hadn't, we haven't had a service provider for a, for, a, for a long time, we have a huge backlog. So... All what I'm committing to is to have uh, board exams by the end of the year. But we might not be able to absorb all the applicants immediately, but we will push the service provider to arrange another exam soon thereafter. And hopefully, at that time, then we'll have been able to account for everybody. So if Dr. Shabalala, for some strange reason, has not gotten through by the 31st of December, 
then we must look at the next exam thereafter. Dr. Mamecha, uh, sorry, David Mamecha, thank you, Head of Department for Core Operations at the Health Professions Council of South Africa. Your views on all of that. Is there gatekeeping here? Do we need to assure safety first? 86 0032032.